0: So if you are online, well, most of you are, I want you to engage with the word. I want you to put down things that you like, that you feel like the Lord is speaking to you. Give me some amens. Give me some hearts. Uh, We read these afterwards, and I would love to see that you guys were engaged in the message. Well, 2020, I think, has got us all a little bit contemplative, right? Like, we got time to think about things. So we start to, you know, think about the, the world and how we can save it. And everybody's got an idea on how to fix all the problems. Well, certainly, you know, I have been one of those people. And so uh, I have got all kinds of solutions. I will not tell you all those today. Uh, but if you want to have lunch with me, I, no, just kidding. It, it, uh, I'll leave that between me and the Lord. But just like many of you, when the quarantine started, I found myself at home. At home, right? So uh, at home with three kids and a husband and a, and a small house, and, and we were doing great, but what I quickly realized was that I needed a couple minutes to myself, amen? Anybody else experienced that? I just needed a second, like maybe a cup, maybe like an hour, just to have some minutes to myself. And so what I started doing was, because uh, I'm like efficient, I like to multitask, I would start exercising and getting that alone time at the same time and just trying to soak it all in together. And then what I realized quickly is that alone, Alone time could be time with the Lord. And so I, I started riding my bike and so did everybody else. <laughs> on the road uh there was a lot of bike riders a lot of exercisers it was awesome to see everybody out but I, I started riding my bike and it was awesome i was uh you know getting more strength and just worshiping god and you know when there's not a sunday worship service you got to find that worship service wherever you can folks you can't just depend on sunday for your worship service so i'd be riding my bike and i would just be like singing my heart out and and i sometimes would look over I'd, sometimes i would close my eyes and be like oh, wait uh, I got to look at the road. I, I got to look at the road. Uh, but, but I would be just singing, and sometimes I would look over and think, oh, did they just hear me? And, and oh, I don't care if I'm embarrassing myself. I love the Lord. I just want to praise him. I just want to worship him. And what I found was that these were some of the most profound moments of worship I have ever experienced in my life. I did not need the four walls. I did not need Pastor Brandon to lead me in worship because I could enter the throne room there on my bike. God could download things to me there on my bike in the midst of everything. And it was awesome because I could, draw, I could ride out into the fields of, and along the river and see God's beauty. You can't do that in the four walls. But God just downloaded things to me. And it was one day I was riding my bike and it was kind of a, a busy area. And um, uh, I was listening to the song Communion by Maverick City. You guys, if you haven't listened to that soundtrack, you must listen to it today. Uh, I believe that he prophetically wrote that for the period of our uh, pandemic. It is so applicable. So I just had that album, whole album on repeat. I just kept listening to the songs. And there was one song in particular called Communion. And this was like my jam. You know, you guys have those songs that are like your jam. And I would just listen to it over and over and over again. And this particular time, I was riding my bike and and listening to it. And I had heard the words, you know, you hear songs over and it's just speaking to your spirit. But sometimes it just hits you a little bit different. So there I am just singing my heart out, worshiping God, just enjoying his presence. And the Lord started to speak something to me so clearly. So clearly, and I want to take you to that moment where I have the headphones on, and all I can hear is this song, and all I can hear is the Lord. And so, Pastor Brandon's going to help me recreate that moment for you of listening to this song.
1: We are returning to the place we always belong. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Take me back to the garden Lead me back to the moment I heard your voice Bring me back to communion Take me back to the moment I saw your face When it was oh so simple, oh so easy to love. Yeah. No space between us, it was easy to trust. Yeah. Cause you are closer, closer than my skin. You are in the air I'm breathing in. And here's where the dead things come back to living. I feel my heart beating again. It feels so good to know that you're my friend.
0: So right there. And here's where the dead things come back to living. Here's where I feel my heart beating again. It feels so good to know that you are my friend and right at that moment God spoke a word that was so clear to me and I shared it in prayer a couple weeks ago but but it made me stop my bike actually and begin to receive what he was saying and and what he said was that 2020 right now and this was right after George Floyd had had been his life had been snuffed out right before all of our eyes and many of us watched that tragedy and there was no way we could not walk away with such an impression on our hearts of darkness. And what the Lord said is that the enemy, Satan wants you to think that 2020 has a death sentence and that every corner we turn we need to be afraid of death. And what happens inside of us, inside of humans, is that we begin to have an anxiety that walks along with us. We begin to wonder what is gonna happen next. Darkness starts to kind of fall over us, and death begins to be the thing that we think about all the time. When is my time? See, we started the year with Kobe Bryant, who was one of the most healthy people that we could look up to. Then we had the Australian fires, and then we had COVID. That was the biggest death sentence in the beginning, right? Nobody knew what was gonna happen. And then, of course, George Floyd. What else could we think? So many of us walked around with a cloud of darkness, with apprehension, with defeat, with confusion, with so many things. Like, how could I make it through this year? And what even is next? And we didn't even know what was next. Satan wants us to think that 2020 has a death sentence. But Satan doesn't have the last word. See, he may be the prince of the air. He may be able to finagle things so that you could be tripped up. But he is just the prince of the air. Jesus is the king of the universe. See, the enemy may be trying to bring confusion, but Jesus will bring clarity. See, the deceiver wants you to believe that God doesn't love you, but Jesus died to pour mercy upon you. And see, he wants you to believe that death will have the last word, but we know by the word of God that death has no sting and we have victory over death. So I want to declare today to you, if that is you and you feel like 2020 is a death sentence, I declare to you that 2020 isn't about dying. 2020 is about living 2020 is about living, and I declare living over your life. You are alive in Christ. You are alive in Christ. You live in him. He resides in you. You have an eternal spirit that will reside with Jesus forever. See, believers, that is our hope. That is our hope. We don't walk with a fear of death because death has no sting. We will spend eternity with heaven, with God in heaven. So I declare that over your life today. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For these things that we see now will soon be gone. Amen. Amen. These things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. See, believers, he will have the last word, but will you be ready to receive it? He will have the last word, but will you be ready to hear it? See, the more that you hear from God, the less that you will hear from the enemy. See, you have to be so soaked in the Lord's presence and in his word that that is the forefront of your thoughts. Not what the enemy thinks, but what our Father thinks. You must be focusing on him so that your brain can be retrained to be like God's. And when we agree with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we have more power and more glory than we know what to do with. See, God is speaking all the time, all the time. God is speaking all the time. Sometimes we just don't hear him. But here are some ways that I hear him. The word of God is the number one way. I believe it is the number one way that we hear from the word of God that we hear from God. And it says in Psalms that the Bible will guide your path. John says that the word will guide you in truth. Romans says your faith will become stronger from hearing. Hebrews says the word will give you discernment. Psalm says the word will enlighten you. Timothy, Timothy says it will teach, train, and rebuke you. John says it will bring you life and blessings. Ephesians declares the word as the sword of the spirit and the weapon against evil. Here's the thing, last week Havila talked about the giants. And that was a word for RLC. That was the second word for RLC about giants. She talked about giants. She talked about the spiritual and the physical giants. We have to be ready to fight our spiritual giants and we do that with the sword of the spirit. That is the truth that cuts. That is the truth that comes against the enemy. That is the truth that will take you will take conquer over your enemy. That is will get you to the place where you begin to think that 2020 is the time for living. So you have to fight to hear him in the chaos so that you can fight the chaos. You have to fight to hear him in the chaos so that you can then fight the chaos. He also speaks through other people. He speaks through road signs. He speaks through common sense, through intuition, through discernment, through gut checks, through your journaling. This is one of the reasons why I personally believe that this is something so important for us to fight for. See, so many believers had been depending on Sunday and Wednesday to hear from God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. So many believers had left hearing God in this sanctuary when quarantine happened. Oh, but he's talking all the time, folks. He's talking all the time. He's calling your name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows your inmost parts. He formed every part of your being. Do you believe? You better believe that he's talking to you all the time. He is drawing you back to himself. So you must hear God. And you must find God. You must hear his last word because he has the last word. The more you hear from God, the more you will align with heaven. In fact, it was from hearing God that I knew that this was the scripture today. And this is how it often happens for me is that I will read a scripture and then it is highlighted to me in a variety of different ways within a short period of time. And so I read this scripture. It's Lamentations 315 through 33. This is our text today. um, And I'm going to dial down on a few scriptures. But I read this and within a week, I saw the scripture four different times in four different ways. And I said, Lord, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to talk to me about? And he said, this is what I want you to preach on. So here I am today because I heard the Lord. I want to give you some backdrop to lamentations. It is in the Old Testament. Sometimes we get a little uh, finicky with the Old Testament. It might be a little scary for some people, but I got to tell you. It's, it's a good book. It's a good lot of books, okay? So you should read those, okay? Don't don't put those to the side because the Old Testament points to Jesus. And and uh, I would encourage anybody uh, to, if you if you feel like this is the year, then start reading the Bible in a year. There's lots of plans on um, the version app. There's Bibles that are read the Bible in the year. Um, it does take a couple minutes, but I, I think you can give a couple minutes to the Lord. So I just want to encourage you that if you need a reading plan and you want to know more about Jesus, Get into the Word every day and start to read through the Bible. Um, if I could suggest one, it's the Bible Recap. It's on, uh, it's on YouVersion, and there's a podcast that goes with it. It is awesome. It is so good. I've been um, doing it this whole year, and I've and I got to tell you, like, I have learned so much more about the Lord, and, and we have been in the Old Testament. And what's so awesome about the Old Testament is that it always points to Jesus. See, we think the New Testament has all the good stuff, but the Old Testament is, is prophesying for the Savior to come. So here's Lamentations. Lamentations, lament, okay, lament, uh, sadness, despair. And so what had happened was Jesus, we know in the Old Testament, not Jesus, but God in the Old Testament, He had told his people, I'm going to give you a promised land. It took them a little bit to get to this promised land. There are some side, you know, tracks that they experienced. And finally, they got to their promised land, and God started to build their community, the Israelites. They became a name among the other neighbors. Uh, They built their temple. They had the city of Jerusalem. They saw the the kings come into existence, the promised line of David. They were experiencing a flourishing uh, life. It was the good life, it was the promised land, as what they had been promised was coming into place. But at the same time that they experienced God's promise, they began to walk away from the very God that gave them that promise. See, what's unique about the Israelites is that they were the only people with a living God, Okay, all the other ancient um, communities in that area, countries, they had a dead god that had to be fashioned out of their own hands. So that's why you see in the Old Testament all the time that Israelite or the uh, other nations would build idols. They would um, erect idols, and so you read about all these idols. Idols are very prominent in the Old Testament. I think God was trying to say something. And see, the Israelites had a living God that could not be contained in an idol. But the problem is they wanted the idol that they could hold in their hands. They wanted what everybody else had. They looked to the other side and said, you know what? I think I like that better. I want that. So God is not going to force himself upon you like a strong, vicious dictator. We have free will, and so the Israelites chose the other gods. And we see as the Israelites begin to walk away from the Lord's calling, they walk away from what the promised land had promised them, begin to take on other cultures, other gods, other things. And we see as as they begin to lose God's voice. See, God had the last word, but they weren't hearing it. And so Lamentations comes at a time where, where God had allowed their promised land to be destructed. It, he allowed it to be, um, to, to, uh, to fall down. He, he had allowed the Israelites to see what happens when they are steeped in sin and do not return back to their Savior. It was a very grievous time. Is that a word? If you would allow me to read um, a long scripture to you, all of you at home, you're comfortable, so you probably got your coffee, so I know you can, you know, endure this, okay? Lamentations 315 through 33, I want you to imagine yourself as the Israelites. You had given the promised land, the good land, and then you had chosen to walk away from it, and in that process, you had lost all the things that had been given to you. Lamentations 3.15, he has filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. Let me just say real quick that just because uh, they blame God doesn't mean that it was God's fault. See, the thing is that God can contain all of our feelings and emotions, and we see it in the word of God. We see it in the Psalms and in Lamentations that people are pouring out their darkest emotions, and God's like, I got this. I'm going to take care of you. So they go on to say, He has made me chew on gravel. He has rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away, and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, My splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I said to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will have hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him. To those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It is good for the people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Let them sit alone in silence beneath the Lord's demands. Let them lie down, face down in the dust, for there may be hope at last. Let them turn the other cheek to those who strike them and accept the insults of their enemies, for no one is abandoned by the Lord forever, though he brings. Grief, He also brings, shows compassion because of the greatness of his unfailing love for he does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Mercies new every morning. Mercies new every day. So here's the thing. Who has the last word Jesus and his mercy does? There is More mercy than you could ever imagine available for us. And so for the the Israelites in that time, it was so significant for them because they had come to a realization that their sin had brought them out of the promised land. And see, the other nations around them, this would be the final word. But this is not the final word for believers. We have mercy that is endless. So how do we hear, hear the last word? Number one, we have to proclaim his promises. It says in verse 22 that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. See, you have to proclaim his promises so that you put God first. Okay? God is... Is a God like no other gods, and God wants his, us to put Him first. So we proclaim His promises to bring Him honor, just like in the Lord's Prayer. This is how Jesus instructed us to pray Our Father, Father, hallowed be Thy name. Holy is Your name. That's what hallowed be Thy name means. Holy is Your name. That sets the prayer, that sets your heart in a place that's supposed to be in, so that you are ready to receive from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So you proclaim promise and you put God first. See, so you align yourself with heaven. I love this. You align yourself with heaven. I, I don't want to be aligned with anybody else. Listen, there is no candidate in this world that I would, rather be, that I would not rather be aligned with than Jesus Christ. There is no, there is no uh, agenda that w- I would want to be aligned with more than Jesus Christ. Because when you align with heaven, you align with the one that knows the mysteries of this world, folks. He created the world. He knows how to get the world back to the right place. That is the agenda that I want to align with. His mercies never cease. Now, here's the thing, guys. I I am a prosperity preacher, okay? I believe that God gives us an abundance, that he desires to give us an abundance. But I also believe that mercy is the currency of heaven. Mercy is the currency of heaven. See, I believe that, that the love of money is the root of all evil, but the love of mercy is the source of glory, and that is the prosperity, is the glory of God, is the mercy of God. And I'm going to pull down on that that, um, that mercy and I'm going to use that like I am the richest person in the world and I am going to proclaim prosperity. See, it says in Ephesians 2, 4 that God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even when we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Romans 9. Twenty-three says he does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in a glance in advance for his glory. And Hosea six six says, "For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgment of God rather than burnt offerings." See, money, cash, money might bring you some nice clothes and some bling bling, but mercy brings you the glory, folks. And I would way rather have the ver- the glory than any big. That this world could ever contain. I want the glory of God because when you have the glory of God, people notice it. See, the Israelites, they had a living God. They had the glory of God, and people noticed it and so they started to walk away from God. I want to get closer to God. I want to receive His mercies. I want to pile up His mercies so that I can receive His glory, and people will know who Jesus is. And in their darkest hour, they will come to us. And they will say, can you pray for me? Yes. Hey, I got a question. I don't know what to do in this situation. Can you help me? They will come to you and they will say, why, why are you always so happy? They will come to you and they, they will say, you know, I noticed that your family, like you have it all put together. Why is that? See, because you have the glory. Because you have the prosperity of Mercy. We were uh, doing a neighborhood cleanup <clears throat> a couple weeks ago in uh, the Garden Land area. And uh, we went around and picked up trash. Uh, it was a great time, by the way. If you guys haven't been a part of any of our outreaches, I highly encourage you be watching out for those. This is how we are the church in this time. And so we were um, picking up trash. And uh, at this certain point, me and Pastor Damien, I told Pastor Damien that I was going to use him in my illustration. He was a little worried. Um, me and, and Pastor Damien were walking and we were picking up trash and, uh, you know, we were just walking along. And, and um, whenever I pick up trash like that, I am always reminded of how God picks up our trash. See, we just throw the trash out and Jesus comes along and says, oh, let me get that for you. And he just picks it right up and he puts it in his trash can and he takes it away and you never see that trash again. See, that's what Jesus does for, that's what mercy does. And it doesn't matter how many pieces of trash you have, Jesus has enough garbage cans for all of your trash, okay? Jesus has enough gar- dumps for all of, our, all of our sins, the world's sin. See, he has enough uh, garbage dumps for our sins that, that we don't ever even have to see it. See, we live in the city where we have to drive by dumps all the time. But Jesus has a dump that we will never see again. He comes and he picks up our trash and he says, let me get that for you. You never have to see that again. So me and Pastor Damien, we're walking along and we're picking up trash and this is, like Jesus, see, we're just bringing the glory to the neighborhood. We're picking up the trash. We're just hoping that that people see the glory of God, the glory of Jesus through this. So we keep picking up the trash. And we're just talking. There's lots of great people at this. I gotta tell you, come to this thing, okay? Go to the outreaches; they're great. You get to meet people. So we're picking up trash, and um, so me and Pastor Damien, um, its not our greatest moment, okay? So um, we're in this together, Damien. So. Uh, We're walking on the sidewalk, and there's this piece of trash that's like really gross, okay? It's like stuck to the sidewalk, you know? Like, and it's kind of like under a car, and it is like really nasty. We like to say it has dump juice on it, okay? That's a term that we made up, dump juice. And so it was like really stuck to it, and both of us kind of like, I think we like looked at each other and we're like, no. And so we just kept on going, and we just kept on picking up the trash, okay? And I think we said, like, well, that is, uh, we're not, that is, we can't get that, right? So um, I hope Sister Sharon Taylor is on online, okay, because um, she was like Jesus, all right. She was right behind us, okay, and I don't think we knew it at that time that she was right behind us. And she she goes, Pastor Damien and Pastor Jesse, are you not going to pick up that piece of trash? You're just going to walk by that like you did not see it? Well, yes, we were, okay. (laughs) I guess we were. But see... Sister Sharon, you were like Jesus in that moment. See, when no one else will pick up your trash, Jesus will come along. And he will do the work. He will scrape it. And he will get that trash off the ground. And you know what? He will do a better job than we ever could. Because what's left is sparkly, clean streets. What's left is a life that's clean. That's created uh, white as snow. White as snow. That's what the psalm says. That's what your heart is when Jesus continues to pick up the trash. And he don't care how messy it is. There's nothing too big too dirty, too dark, too destructive for him. He will pick it all up. That is the prosperity that I'm after. Jesus picking up all our trash and taking it away for us to never see again. The next way that we hear God and his last word is that we have to have faith in his faithfulness. Verse 25 says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for them. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. See, what happens is we don't like to wait, especially in 2020 when everything is like right here. We got Amazon in two days, well, we used to. (laughs) Amazon's been a little bit slow lately. But we can order groceries right now and go pick them up. We got everything right here, and so it is hard for us to wait. So we lose faith, and when we lose faith, we try to create God in our own hands. See, when we can't see or hear God, we do our own work to fashion our own God. And see, what happens is we get to make God out of our own hands, and He cannot be good enough. So, that idol that you have just created can never be like God. And then, what happens is if we don't pursue God and we don't uh, wait on God, we try to take our gods, we try to take our idols, we try to take our laws that we have created to be like God, and we try to put them on other people as God. We try to, in the name of Jesus, this is the idol that you should follow. Oh, Jesus, may I never be somebody that tries to get somebody else to follow the idol that I have created. God is the number one God. There is no other like him. So you know what? If we have to wait on him, can I just be straight up for a minute? If you have to wait on God, you better wait on God. Because in the waiting, he is always doing something. And that idol over there, That Bible that you haven't opened, it's just an impotent idol. It's just your attempt to be like God and let it sit there on the shelf. If you don't open it, it's just an idol. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the living God inside the Bible. That little law that you created over here or that little um, thing that you did over here, that's not God. you got to wait on God because he will be greater than any of those gods that you have ever created. So my question for you in 2020 is are you waiting well or are you creating your own gods to get you through? A couple uh, weeks ago, I had a surgery on uh, my nose. I won't go through all the details. I have really um, gnarly pictures, so if you want to see it, I'll send it to you. Uh, but uh, my nose is, was uh, totally twisted, they said, and so they had to go and do, like, three different procedures. It was a four-hour-long operation, and, and, and I had read, like, that was going to be a week recovery, so I I was like okay a week out of work and then I'll be back you know in the office be fine well like I I had missed that it was like three procedures I was getting so it was going to be a little bit longer so uh, the week after I went in for a follow-up to get uh, something else uh, done I won't explain it it's really gross but um, and then after that I I thought okay here I go I'm going to get back to work no, that did not happen, uh, and, and it was a very humbling experience because I, I think I, uh, uh, you know, I can barely remember that time, but I think I was a very sad person. I, I think I, I said on our, um, our, our uh, team um, thing that we used to communicate to each other, like this is, uh, I think I said I would rather give birth 10 times over than to do this again. Okay, I was that, like, out of it. So the second week of recovery, I kept trying to, like, open up my laptop, but I couldn't really, like, it was very actually hard to even concentrate. So finally, about uh, two days into that, um, after that, when I thought I would come back to work, the Lord just, like, said, sit down. (laughs) Like, sit down. Even wanting a break, here it is. Sit down. And so there, you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to take a little break and I binge watched, okay? I watched a whole bunch of documentaries. I laid on the couch. I ordered food. Um, My kids happened to be out with their grandma, so it was like a nice, quiet house. And can I tell you that that was one of the most um, amazing times of peace and rest. When I finally allowed myself to wait, the Lord gave me rest. And I was ready to go when it was time. So my question for you is, are you waiting well? Are you creating your own gods to get you through? Number three, how do you hear God? Um, This is really simple. I think we kind of make it complicated sometimes. But how do you hear God in his last word? And number three, it's repent. Simple. It's repent. It's to humble ourselves. It's to recognize that i need a god that is greater than me that i do have sin in my life and i need to repent for those things and so this is not what humility is See, a lot of times we walk around like i'm so horrible look at all my trash this is horrible nobody's gonna ever love me who would pick up all that trash that's not humility that's self-pity that's a pity party nobody wants to go to your pity party Humility is recognizing that God is greater than you and that he created you to be something better than what you think you can be. See, the enemy wants you to think humility is viewing yourself as powerless, but godly humility is the most powerful place that you can be in. See, the word says over and over again, when you humble yourself, he will raise you up. You have to Turn away from the sin and recognize that God is greater than that sin. And it might look something like this. God, I just messed up. I didn't do what you asked me to do. But I know that you created me in your image. And I know that I have a greater purpose than the enemy would ever want. So I accept this sin. I I, I give this sin to you. And I ask that you would take it away from me, God. Because only you can do it. See, he will raise you up. You have to turn from your sin. Will you choose to be with him in a heaven or will you choose to be eternally separated from him in hell just because you like to live among your trash? Repentance is really a simple prayer and the Bible gives us a great outline. It says in Psalm 51, 10 to 13, again, this is one of my absolute favorite scriptures and I try to read it all the time. This is in the Passion Translation. Create a new, clean heart within me. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires, ready to please you. May you never reject me. May you never take from me your sacred spirit. Let my passion for life be restored, tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring me to. Hold me close to you with a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. Then I can show you to the other guilty ones. Then I can show you to the other guilty ones how loving and merciful you are. They will find their way back to you, knowing that you will forgive them. This is how revival starts, folks. This is how revival starts. We repent first, and then others will come back to him. And I want to tell you that even in 2020, when church was a little wonky, We don't need these four doors to repent and draw people to him, folks. We need people to be ready to be cranking in these doors, to be pounding on the doors, let me in when it's ready to be lit, because you have repented and you have shown them the prosperity of mercy and you have shown them the glory and they are ready to come into these doors, ready to worship together as soon as we are able to. That's what repentance is. And that is how you hear the last word. Finally, I want to read to you what seems like twenty twenty is trying to do, what twenty twenty is trying to get the last word. So I rewrote Lamentations for twenty twenty, and I and I hope that you can take just a minute to listen again with your coffee and on your couch. Twenty twenty, I thought it was going to be the year of conquerors. Turns out to be the year of death, despair, and destruction. The Lord has been stripping away last every last bit of hope leaving us with apathetic appetites for living. Every morning I rise wondering what now? If it's not a pandemic stripping away my freedom, then it's injustice. If it's not injustice eroding away at hope, then it's natural disasters threatening my shelter and safety. And if it's not disaster, then I remain unsettled as I scroll the feed and shock. How are these the people I love? I cry out. All my dreams are ruined. My time has been stolen. A whole year gone. Are you here, God? Then I remember, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. And therefore, I will have hope in him. He will have the last word. 2020 does not have the last word. The enemy does not have the last word. Jesus Christ, the one that came to defeat the enemy, that came to bring us full life, he has the last word. People, will you be ready to hear it? God is talking to you. You need to proclaim his promises. Can I have the um, worship team or Pastor Brandon on the keys? Proclaim his promises. Have faith in his faithfulness. Repent and draw near to him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for every person that heard this word. God, I pray that um, everything that I said would fall on ears that are open to hear you, Jesus. I pray that you would make the ground fertile for your word, God. I pray that everything that was of me would be... um, stripped away God and only you is left. And Jesus, I pray for the people that are choosing to repent right now. God, I ask that you would fill them with your love and your life, God. I pray that that your promises would become clear to them, Jesus. God, I pray for those that are repenting. God, I pray that you would show them that you are the resurrection, that you are the way that you will take all their trash, God. You are taking it now and you are making it disappear. So God, I pray that your mercy would fall upon them. God, I pray that your mercy would be endless. I pray that the glory would come upon them right now in Jesus' name. And I ask that you would heal them, God. Heal us, God. Make us alive in you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We praise you, God. We thank you for all these things. We ask all this in your name. Amen, amen, amen. Today, if you chose to repent or you are interested in uh, asking for forgiveness and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a way to do that online. I would encourage you to either click on um, I want to receive prayer or just ask somebody for a little bit of help, and somebody will be, one of our pastors will be there with you. So today, as you, as you go forward in your day, get away with that moment. Ask God to speak to you. He is. And hear him. Do whatever you can. Fight for it. Your life in heaven depends on it. God bless you guys. We love you, and we'll see you next week in-house for Pastor Steve's retirement celebration service. Love you.